the the thing that Mortic is most well known for is sending emails. So most people, when they start with their marketing, they don't start with a fully blown suite. They start by, I need to send a newsletter. Um, and then that then expands to, okay, how can I personalize this newsletter so that it's more relevant to the people I'm sending it to? So switching out parts of the newsletter using dynamic content to say, if they're interested in boats, put boats in this section, but if they're interested in cars, then put cars in this section. My name is Skolp Nietling, and this is the Mechanical Inc. Podcast, a podcast about open source, the open web, sustainability, and those who want to make the web and the world a better place. Hey, Ruth, and welcome to the Mechanical Inc. Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is one of the the other kind of episodes that I do from time to time for the podcast. Um, it's what I call the Open Source Project Spotlight. So we'll be talking about a project that you're involved in and learning more about it. And to be completely honest, I have questions because I'm curious about this project because I've looked at it a couple of times. And um, the startup that I work at at the moment, I was like, I wonder if we can use Mortic. And I looked at it and I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to speak to Ruth, so I'm going to find out. So <laughs> I have an ulterior motive for having you on this episode. <laughs> with that said... Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, um, let's start it off by you just introducing who you are um, and maybe your role on, on, on Mautic. Sure. So my name's Ruth Cheesley. My pronouns are she, her. I live in Ipswich in the UK. Uh, in the east of England, the bit that kind of sticks out the side of the country. And my role is that I'm project lead for Mautic. And Mautic is an open source marketing automation platform. It's written in PHP based on the Symfony framework. And it's available to download and put on your own server to run all of your marketing campaigns, whether that's sending emails to people, whether that's sending them text messages if they've booked a meeting or a reservation uh, or everything to like putting messages that come up on your website or your application, but you can tailor those to the user by learning what they are interested in, understanding what they're actually doing and how they're engaging with your website, with your assets and so forth. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really awesome, powerful product, really. Yeah, it does sound like it. I definitely want to dig into some of that stuff more. How did you end up here at Mortic? Where were you before this? Um, how's your career evolved to being where you are today? Yeah, so I'm not a traditional techie in that I actually studied sports science and physiotherapy at university. So, um, But I've always been a bit of a closet geek. I've always been in, interested in computing and technology since I was a kid, but it wasn't really ever a path that was kind of presented to girls, so I never really thought about it but always tinkered. And uh, I got involved in open source through the Joomla content management system. Uh, before that, I was aware of open source because I was using it at university to fix people's computers and do data recovery and virus removal and stuff, but I wasn't actually contributing. And I started building websites with Joomla, got involved in the Joomla CMS community, started running user groups and, and ended up on the leadership team with the founder of Mortic. Um, so he was on the product leadership team. I was on the community leadership team, and we got to know each other quite well. 
And at that time, I was running a full service agency. So we were already doing website development for people. And when he told me the kind of stuff that he was building with Mautic, it just totally made sense because it's open source. We've already sold open source with the with the CMS. It integrates with the CMS, so I don't have to do a whole load of work myself. And the customers were already asking me how they could do the kind of things that Mautic does. So yeah, we were a very early adopter in my company back in 2015. And I was a contributor at that time. So I started raising bug reports, started working with the team, raising awareness locally, running a meetup group, that kind of thing. And in 2019, when the acquisition happened from Acquia, I was asked if I'd be interested in stepping up as a community manager. Uh, so I became community manager for about 10 months. Um, and then for various reasons, um, I was asked to step up as project lead. Um, and that that's where I'm at now. So that was a just over four years ago, something like that. And the project as a whole is 10 years old in March. Nice. Yeah, so it's, it is proper, like, you know, it, it's, it's shown its, its worth by being around that long. Yeah, for sure. And the adoption is growing significantly at the moment. So it sounds like Morty can do a lot. So if, if you had to highlight some of the features, like what, what are some of the, let's say, most popular features that people tend to use Morty for? I'd say the the thing that Mortic is most well known for is sending emails. So most people, when they start with their marketing, they don't start with a fully blown suite. They start by, I need to send a newsletter. Um, and then that then expands to, okay, how can I personalize this newsletter so that it's more relevant to the people I'm sending it to? So switching out parts of the newsletter using dynamic content to say, if they're interested in boats, put boats in this section. But if they're interested in cars, then put cars in this section. So that that whole thing of sending the emails is the most popular part of Mautic. Uh, and then probably soon after that is landing pages and kind of using landing pages to generate inquiries uh, with forms. Forms can either be on the landing page or you can embed them in your content management system or website. So you're basically taking a visitor on your website who you don't know who they are to an, an identified contact who you can then personalize the experience with. So those two things are probably quite popular. Um, after that, I would say probably the most popular thing after that is dynamic content on websites. So like you can switch that content out in the email, you can ask, also do that on your website. And there's lots of uh, modules and plugins and integrations with content management systems that lets you do that automatically. So like if you know that they're already on your newsletter list, what's the point of showing them a sign up to my newsletter box? Because they're already there. You you should replace that with a call to action that's more relevant for that user based on what you know about that user. So if they're a boaty person, a call to action to subscribe to your boats magazine or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that those are probably the most most popular areas I would probably say. So how would you, how do you learn those things about the user? Is it manually feeding it in from, from the admin or admin portal or whatever, or is it kind of like, well, this person came in through this landing page and by doing that, I, I've added some identifiers that is now part of this user and therefore I know, or is it a combination of both of those? 
Um, it's a combination, really. So Mautic has some tracking codes, which you can put on your website or you can put on your um, application, whatever, behind a marketing consent cookie, because it's actually uh, gathering information about the user. So you have to bear that in mind. Um, that information uh, then tells you based on, initially, they're anonymous. So it's just based on an anonymous person's profile, the resources that they're engaging with. And then when they fill in some kind of form which identifies them, so it might be that they create an account on your website or they fill in a lead generation form or they subscribe to your newsletter, any of those, then you can tie that activity to a person, to a real human. Uh, so that's one way of getting the information into the system. And because like, you can use UTM tags, which are used to kind of identify where people come from in analytics, we can also capture that in Mautic. So if they land on a landing page or they land on a page on your website, we can capture those codes as well and push it over, over to Mautic. So that gives you a bit more insight into how they came across you. But you can also pull contacts in from a customer relationship management tool so if you have all of your contacts, like in a HubSpot instance or a Salesforce instance or something like that, you can also pull them across. And when an email address matches with an email address filled in on a form on your website, for example, then the profiles come together. Um, and likewise, you could bring them into your website. And when they get to a certain point of activity where you're pretty sure that they're going to buy, which we do with point scoring, um, you give like certain points for certain behaviors and things like that. Say they get to a, a threshold of 150 for points that relate to buying, you can then push them into the CRM. So that's like a more sales-based approach. It's like you push them over to the salespeople once you've nurtured them in, in Mautic. Okay, okay. Um, I have two other questions. So the one is the forms that you can add, right? Yeah. So... Is this kind of like an iframe embed um, or is this like you can use JavaScript to hit an endpoint and send some data there and then it'll know how to handle it? Uh, there are several options. And we like if you're using a content management system like WordPress, you can just stick a short code in and it does all the magic for you. Um, you can manually copy the HTML and dump that into your website. The downside of that approach is if you change something in Mautic, it doesn't get changed in the the HTML on your website. And there's the JavaScript where you copy the, the snippet and put it into your website. That's another option as well. Um, and we have a REST API, so you can also interact with that. But most people tend to use the, either the CMS plugin or the JavaScript, copy the JavaScript code. Okay, so it's, it's, like, um, it's like kind of if you want to add a code pane to your site, you'll like take a, a script tag, you'll stick it in, and when it runs, mm -hmm. it'll look for a div with a specific ID or whatever, and it'll replace that with the form and all the things. Yeah, yeah. Names. So you, it looks for the form ID and it replaces the form with the rendered form. And you can choose to either use the styling from your Mautic instance or because we can provide form styling in, in a theme or inherit the styling from your website, which is probably more helpful because you've probably made beautiful form styling in your website. And all of the fields and everything can have classes added to make it use the same styling as what you use on the website so okay cool so um the other thing that i was wondering about is so you you talked about newsletters right so you can send out a newsletter and then you have this additional thing where you can like do dynamic newsletters essentially where it's like okay i'm sending it to john and john likes uh he's a frequent subscriber so i might want to include a 10 percent discount on my 
course. Mm -hmm. because, uh, oh, this yeah. is a new person. They might not know about my course. So I'm just going to introduce it to them, which is incredibly powerful. And that's super cool. But I'm, I'm thinking like sometimes what people do, um, and this is not so much newsletter, this is more uh, maybe customer outreach could be that kind of thing. But generally what you have is you have a sequence, right? So you have on Monday, I'm going to send a mail to everybody and it's going to tell them about X. And then it's so weird to use that letter now because people might think I'm talking about Twitter, but I'm not. I'm just talking about the letter <laughs> X. <laughs> yeah. Let's say why. Um, and so I'm just going to tell them about why. And then mm -hmm. eight days later, I want to send them another email. And then maybe mm -hmm. four weeks after that, I want to send another email. And I commonly call this like an email sequence. Does Mordic mm -hmm. do that kind of stuff or is that not really Mordic's thing? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So the campaign builder is basically like the engine of Mortic, really. So you can just shoot an email out to a group of people, which is called a segment email. Um, but you can also create template emails, which are ones that can be used by campaigns and also text messages or any other uh, plugin or integration that you wanted to do. So the campaign builder, you start it by they're either filling in a form uh, or they're in a, a list, which we call a segment. So that is the behavior that starts the campaign going. And then you have decisions, actions, and conditions. So you can do like if they visited this page um, or if they have accessed this, this, this dynamic content, which would be decisions, for example, if they filled in a form. Um, action is send an email to the user, um, to the, sorry, to the Mortic user. So that might be, They've hit a certain trigger in the points system. We need to send an email to the right salesperson to follow it up. We can send an email to the contact to say, like you were saying, like they've done a certain thing or they've met a certain threshold and then we want to send them an email. And those can be sent immediately. Or like you were saying, you can wait for a period of time. You can send the emails only on weekdays or only on weekends, for example. Um, and you can also send them at a relative time um, so, or a specific time, a specific date. So like if you're running an event on a specific date, you could send an email two days before that date. So it's not dependent on when they come into the campaign. It's going to be sent always on that day. So it's very, very flexible. And you also have the option to say this is a transactional email. So that's treated slightly differently because transactional emails really need to get through regardless. Whereas marketing emails they're kind of treated slightly differently. They have the option to retry certain times. We send certain headers, which allow people to unsubscribe if they are receiving uh, marketing emails. And all of that can be done in the campaign builder. So it's a very popular um, part of Mortic because it's quite easy to use and it ha it's quite powerful. So in terms of, so you said you could download it and run to your own server, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What are the options for using Mortic? Like, for example, so this is an open source project, but I'm sure that yeah. as far as I know, there's also a like support aspect to this, which is which could be paid. I'm not sure about this, but um, essentially, what are, what are your options for running Mortic? Like, say for example, you're super technical, cool. You can like spin up a droplet on DigitalOcean or something and like stick it up there, or you can go yeah. wherever. But say you're not super technical, but you're like, I love the features. Mm. I'm not sure I'm going to get this to spin up. What what are the different options for getting yeah. this on the internet? 
So if you're if you're technical and you're confident with running a server, um, we do generally suggest you use a virtual private server or a dedicated server. And the reason for that is you do need to be able to have control over the resource limits, for example, and you need to run cron jobs and things. So technically you can run it on shared hosting, but sometimes you will fall into problems with that. If you're confident with managing a server, the best way to do it is install it with Composer. Um, because a lot of the work we're doing is moving towards Composer being the most default option. And um, we also have the ability to upload the zip and just run it that way and Docker. Um, but Composer is the way forwards, really. Um, if you're not so technical, there are a few options open to you. Um, so if you go to the Maltic website and you look at partners at the top on the menu, those are companies who contribute financially to the project and also practically contribute. So they're literally supporting the project financially, but also giving back to the project. And several of those offer Maltic in a SaaS environment. So you would be paying the money and they would be managing the hosting for you and you just use the product. So that's an option um, if you prefer not to uh, run it all yourself. And that's in, and also for enterprise scale, if you haven't got the infrastructure chops within your business, that's probably the best option. Because as you scale, you do have to be quite competent in, in infrastructure, all things DevOps and infrastructure. In March, on the 1st of March, hopefully, all things going well, um, we're launching a new project, which is we're calling it the Trials Project. And this will allow users to try Maltic for two weeks um, in a sandboxed environment. So like you can send emails, but only from our domain. And it's got various limitations. If you decide to continue using that hosted environment, you will be paying a, a, pro, um, a provider, but they are giving 40% of that payment back to the community every month for the first year. And then it decays down each year, the percentage that they give back to the community. Um, so it's a new idea that we're working on, both as a way of helping people get into Mortic quicker without having to install it and finding a revenue stream for the project, which is, is very much needed. Um, so we did an RFP for that process and, and selected a vendor who are working with us for three years. So that's hopefully coming on stream towards the end of Q1. So in terms of running Mortic in an enterprise environment, mm -hmm. how do you handle stuff like SSO, if SAML is involved, like if they have some older systems and that kind of thing, is there a way to do that if they want to give people access, role-based access, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's supported out of the box. Yeah, so you don't need to have any plugins or anything like that. Um, SAML is supported out of the box. So um, in terms of privacy, because um, this is, like you said, there's different ways of sending stuff. There's different kinds of emails you can send. Um, you do send handers. You mentioned that. Oh, so if you use some aspects of Mortic, like a forum or something like that, um, it's your responsibility as the website developer or owner to do the cookie consent thing, or is this something that Mortic somehow provides? Yeah, it's your responsibility to look after the, the health of your data and to do your consent information. In the documentation, we do give a very detailed write-up of all the cookies that are involved with Mortic, what they mean, why they're used, etc., so that you can use that to create your, your policy and decide what options the cookies come under and so forth. Um, so, yeah, it, it's done. And the same with GDPR compliance. So Mortic has got... Um, built-in uh, functionality to enable compliance with GDPR and, and all of the other international versions thereof, but it's up to the marketer to use them. So we have clean-up jobs that will clean out old data and, and so on and so forth. 
Uh, You can do double opt-in with Mautic. It's quite simple, but it's up to you to set that up. We don't enforce that. Um, So, yeah, it's like anything. Like You can set the software up to be compliant, but it has to be used in a compliant way. So we do try to provide educational resources on how to do that. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, so um, how do these emails and you mentioned text messages, how do they get sent out? Do you do you need to rely on a third party for that? Like, for example, SendGrid, Twilio, something like that? Or is this built into Mautic? You could use your own SMTP server, for example. You could run your own. Most people don't because that requires an awful lot of knowledge in terms of deliverability and you have to maintain that. Um, usually you would want to go with a third party if you wanted to run your own server, uh, let alone an ESP. So most people will go with an email service provider, which is often shorter to ESP. Uh, the ones that are very popular are Amazon SES, uh, SparkPost, SendGrid, MailJet, Omniveri. They're, they're all kind of like um, popular ones that are used by Mautic uh, users to send their emails. When it comes to text messages, we support Twilio out of the box. And there's plugins to support many other providers that have been created by the community. But Twilio is, is the one name one that we support out of the box. And one signal for um, notifications, like desktop um, um, application notifications, things like that. Cool, amazing. So you just mentioned community. <clears throat> My next question was, how can people get involved? Like, and it, it's always like, well, go, you know, the, the easy answer is go to our GitHub. Um, but is there, <laughs> does more take from from that side of it? And I mean, you started as in community, right? So. Does Mordic have an onboarding thing? Like, let me say somebody new wants to contribute to Mordic or they've been using it for a while and they're like, oh, this is one piece of functionality I'd love to have. And I, I think other people would too. So I'd like to contribute it. Like, I mean, this is two different scenarios. So you can talk about them separately. But um, so I guess my question is one, how can people contribute? Then if you're just passing by and you're curious, how do you get into that? And then if you have something you think is, missing and you'd like to contribute that like what's the avenue for doing that yeah so let's start with just generally contributing so if you go to mau.tc forward slash contribute that will take you to our community handbook overview page of all the different ways you might be interested in contributing to mortic we have every way possible to contribute. Bearing in mind the majority of our users are marketers we obviously have a marketing team where people can help us with promoting Mautic, for example. Um, We have an education team, and they're responsible for our end user and our technical, uh, so developer documentation, and maintaining our forums as well, and our knowledge base. The product team primarily focus on the product itself. So that will be like fixing bugs, making releases, adding new features, all of that kind of stuff. The community team deal with local meetups with raising awareness of Mautic in the wider world, enabling grassroots contribution, that kind of thing. And legal and finance, everybody's uh, favorite team, not, nobody is interested at all, Uh, look after all things legal, so contract signing, making sure our trademarks are taken care of, making sure our brand and domains are taken care of, um, and also the financial side, so managing our open collective account, dealing with the approvals, dealing with the budget and so forth, which is set by our council, but the legal and finance team kind of lead on that. So there's loads of different ways that you can be involved. And we've kind of chunked it down into different 
tasks. And then if you go into, say, developer, it will give you all the information you need to know how to set up locally, how to test things, how to use, we use DDEV for, for local work, so how to get that set up, um, how to help with testing, which is a massive thing for us. And testing can all be done in the browser just by someone who knows how to use Mortic, which has been a huge improvement. Um, so that's kind of the general how to find out how to contribute. In terms of if you are sort of using Mortic and you find something that you really want to contribute or you've got a bug in GitHub and you want to work on it, um, the first thing is to join our Slack instance. So if you go to mortic.org slash Slack, that will take you to the page where you can get an invite link. And we have a channel called T Product. So all of our teams have got a T hyphen and then the team name. Every Friday, we do a community sprint, an open source Friday sprint, where there's generally more people around. So that's a good place to kind of say, hey, I'm thinking about working on this or I'm thinking about this feature. What do you think? Um, to just kind of introduce yourself, say hello and, and suggest what you're, what you're looking at. We actually have a community portal, which is at community.mortic.org. And in that, there's a section uh, for proposing new features. So if it's a large feature that's going to need a bit of discussion and consultation in the community, that's kind of where it starts life, really. We have discussions on our forums uh, in the ideas section, but until it really gets to the point where people are interested in it and they want this to move forward, it tends to stay in Slack or on the forums, on the idea forums. When we actually want to make this happen or we've got developers who want to make it happen, then we take it to the community portal and say, right, this is what we're going to do. This is when we're expecting it timeline-wise to be ready. So we'll sort of say we want it to be for two minor releases times or something like that. And we then break it down into how we're actually going to do that. Because it's often not just one pull request for a complex thing. It's it's often sort of several, so we can break it into stages. Wow, that's amazing. It's it's incredibly well organized. Like like kudos for that. Like, <laughs> I've I've seen many like large open source projects which is not as well organized. Like if, if I had to ask these questions, it would have been tough to answer, but wow. Yeah, all got it sorted. Um, yeah. So I know you mentioned Open Collective, um, and I know that you were heavily involved in the whole open startup aspect of Mortic. Um, I wonder if you want to dig into that a little bit, just like a quick, like, what is an open startup for those who don't know, and what you've learned in the process so far um, by going down that road. Yeah, so I came across the open startup reporting because one of the companies in our community does open startup reporting. And what it basically involves is being completely open and transparent, um, sometimes painfully so, about the uh, what's going on in your business. So the financial state of your business, the ins and outs of the money, um, what's going on in terms of the clients, the employees, uh, making contracts public, making employment agreements public with obvious redactions for personal privacy and whatnot. Um, and I just really liked that approach and that idea because ultimately we're spending money that is provided by our, our users and our volunteers uh, are working on things um, in the community that need recognition. And for me, it was a way to both make sure that people were having the finances in their face because who goes and looks through the open collective transaction list, not many people, um, but also as a way of highlighting like news and progress and things that were happening in the community, shouting out the contributors each month who have done amazing things. 
uh, and so forth. So every month I do a report that goes up on our blog um, telling people that, like, this is what we spent, this is what we got in, this is where we are compared to our planned budget, um, this is what we're doing about that, if it's good or bad, what you know, what we're doing about it. And also, yeah, an overview of what's happening in the community, the general community health, the general trend of direction, if you like. Um, and it's been received quite positively. People don't necessarily always read it, but it's there in case they want it, which is the important thing. They don't always engage with it. Very rarely do people comment on it, but they know it's there. And so they value that kind of transparency. And it kind of rolls up into a quarterly report I do as well, which gives them more of an overview of what's happened over the quarter. Yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, yeah, it sounds like I can see how that can be super positive, but I also can see some downsides to it just, just from a resource perspective. Like I can, I can imagine that maybe once you've done it a couple of times, you can find some kind of framework that, that you just like, okay, I just follow this thing and then it works, all works out. But um, with anything like life and business and all these things, you know, there's always these surprises that come up and then you have to take, take that into account. And so I think I can imagine that this is, can also be quite time consuming to do. It can be. I've open sourced the spreadsheet that I use, which has got all the calculations, charts, graphs, etc. So like we use, uh, we just literally just export our transactions from Open Collective with certain fields selected, dump it into a sheet, and then all the calculations and charts run for the finances. So if other projects want to do that and they use Open Collective, they can access it through that through that spreadsheet you can just copy it and put your own data in basically yeah that's amazing. Um, we also use other tools to pull in other information like we look at github star history we look at um, analytics from our website we look at um, builtwith.com data which tells us how many websites are using our tracking software and so forth interesting okay wow yeah that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot um Cool. I mean, this has been amazing so so far. I, so I, I don't have a lot left. Um, I think to close out with maybe I saw mention of a conference um, on the website when I looked at it today. Like, is are there quite a few multi conferences? Like, is this a community kind of thing, or is this run by Mortic themselves? Yeah. So Mortic themselves, as in the community team, uh, runs two conferences a year. One is in person, and that one rotates continents every year, which allows local communities to run and host the main conference. And also it means that people in that country, continent, whatever, can get to one that's near them rather than having to do massive international travel and visas and all that fun. Um, that's on in India this year on the 17th and 18th of February, so it's in like 10 days' time, which is slightly scary. I'm flying on Monday to, to India, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then in June, usually towards the end of June, we have an online conference, which is Multic Conference Global. So that is like the, the worldwide conference, which is always online. We made that decision after the pandemic because it just makes it so much more accessible. We keep the ticket price quite low. Um, we really try to cater to time zones. We usually have five or six languages in different tracks. Um, so, yeah, we try to do that. And then local communities can also organize a multi camp, which is a conference organized by the local community. We had our first one in November in uh, Nigeria, in Lagos, which I went to, which was amazing. And multi meetups, which are like smaller regional meetups that happen, generally speaking, every month. And they happen all over the world. So those are the kind of key types of events that we have in the community. 
That's incredible. Well, um, this was great. I learned so much about this. Um, <laughs> and it's it's doing even more than I, I thought it did. It's, it's incredible, the breadth of this, uh, of this project. Um, with all of that said, like, in closing, um, what would you like to leave everyone with that is interested in Mautic, curious about Mautic? And then maybe also just share any, like, future plans. You've mentioned some of them, but maybe there's something specific you want to call out that's coming up this year, maybe, for Mautic. Sure. I mean, I think if you're interested in, in Mautic and you're a technical person, then one of the best ways to actually find out how it works and have a play is to help us with testing. Because, like I said, that's done all in the browser using Gitpod. We have really clear step-by-step -step directions on how to test a, a bug. And it's a really easy way to find your way around because Mautic is spun up for you. You don't have to do anything to, to get it up and running. Um, if you're not technical, then I would probably say wait till the 1st of March when the trials launch because that will be a really easy way. Um, but the other route is to try is to reach out to any of our partners because many of them have a SaaS product and they will give you a free trial as well. So that's an easy way of getting started as a, as a new user. But if you're not technical to, to install it yourself. Um, and what was the other questions? Anything that's coming up in terms yeah, of the roadmap? Anything on the roadmap that, that, yeah. that you want to call out? We have one feature which I'm quite excited about, which is um, at the moment, as a marketer, you often work with multiple different projects. So you're doing a project for uh, Black Friday and a project for Christmas and a project for Thanksgiving. And at the moment, there's no way to organize all of those resources in Mautic. So you'll have emails, you'll have segments, you'll have resources like assets that you need to um, associate. There's no way to kind of associate them together and have an overview of what is in that project. And that's a project that's being worked on at the moment, a new feature that we're hoping will come in probably in the, not the next minor release, but the release after, which will make life a lot easier for, for marketers. Um, that's a, a big one. And also our, we've got a tiger team. So a tiger team is like a small specialist group of people between three and six people who are experts in a particular area. So it might be you're a real nerd on email deliverability. And that's your thing or user experience. And that's your thing. And so our Tiger team for UX and UI, user experience and user interface, are working on a full redesign of the user interface. So at the moment, they're going through and fixing some of the small, low-hanging fruit in the current release of Mautic. But for an upcoming minor release, they're actually working on a full redesign. And that's long overdue. Our user interface has been the same since it was launched, really. It hasn't changed much. So I'm super excited to see what comes of that. <laughs> That sounds very exciting. It looks amazing. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Is there a way for people to get involved with that? Or is it more like an internal kind of Yeah, so there's a if you join Slack, our Tiger teams are prefixed with TT in Slack. So if you look for TT UX UI, you'll find the the Tiger team. And anytime we have like a new thing that needs to be reviewed, we'll be sharing those there. So that's again a nice way to to help is to go in and see what they're doing. It might be as simple as like changing this from a line icon to a filled icon. It's a very small change that you can easily review and that helps them move forwards. So well, thanks so much, Ruth. This was really, really insightful. Um, I reckon, like, like I know a lot more about it. I, I'm definitely going to try this out because there's so many things in there that, you know, I think indie creators can especially find this extremely helpful. I, I'm imagining, like, I know 
some of the products that's really well known for these kinds of things and they're not cheap you know they're like you you, Mm. you'll get started but you'll so quickly run out of the free tier um and then you know it just escalates in price super quickly so i think just for fear like being able to run your business uh, successfully this is going to be incredibly powerful for indie creators yeah absolutely because effectively you're only really constrained by your infrastructure you know you can scale Maltic up to seven eight million records in one instance providing you can scale your infrastructure so yeah if you're willing to learn how to do that the sky's the limit well that's a good place to end it thanks so much Ruth again for joining um all of the best with Mordic. I don't think I have to say that. It Thank seems you. like you, you got it nailed down. So, But yeah, this is a great project. Thanks for the work you're doing on it and all the community stuff and getting people involved. It's amazing. Thanks so much. You're most welcome. Thank you for listening to the Mechanical Inc. podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Have something to add? Continue the conversation on GitHub and join the community on Slack. Until the next one, keep all the things open.